Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Facebook family. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live for tonight's episode of Post Daily Dose. Big Papa is tired. Uh, I know he mentioned last night that he was pretty tired, and then I know that today has been a day full of difficult stuff, and um, that his, I think his heart is full, and his mind is full and he just needs a chance to breathe. Just a little bit of breathing and probably some prayer. So, um, be thinking about it. Um, riding through these difficult times, these very intense, emotional, emotionally intense times with families, um, it's really rewarding, but it can also be really tiring. Like, you know, you finish a day's work and you feel like you have climbed a mountain and it's all been through the telephone or through video conferencing and I think sometimes even um, not being able to physically be there it just creates a different um, it just feels differently sometimes it's, it just almost feels like it'd be easier if we could be right there with you guys but you know coaching you through um, the challenges um, we just do the best that we can considering where we're at and what's going on in the world right now. So I'm filling in and um, my topic tonight is, is this typical, is this typical child behavior or is this trauma? I have that question asked to me a lot. You know, they'll lay out something that took place and they're like, well, is this just typical kid stuff or is this trauma? And my answer is usually yes. <laughs> and the other answer I often have is, what difference would it make? Um, because does, if it was quote-unquote typical kid behavior or trauma, would we parent differently if we are parenting from this paradigm? Would we just like all of a sudden jump up and start giving consequences and rewards if we thought it was just a typical, I just keep seeing typical kid behavior? Or um, how would that dictate what we do as parents? And so... What I want to say to that is pretty simple. Um, kids who come from deaf places go through uh, many of the same things that kid, other, uh, that other kids go through. You know, um, just because my child has experienced trauma doesn't mean that they're not going to go through um, heartache when they have a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That they're going to have, um, that they're going to feel differently if they have conflict with their friends at school or if they're having a hard time making friends or if they lose the football game or the baseball game. All things that, you know, kind of common difficulties, common bumps in the road that kids go through in life. Um, what I do find consistently, though, is there's going to be the emotional reaction, but Oftentimes, because there's not as much oxytocin available, that those emotional reactions, it's like, um, I think, I get back here thinking about that amygdala, right? And I'm like, 
that little spark, what would have been a spark for a child who didn't come from trauma? It might be a little spark of cortisol, and then the oxytocin would come in and help modulate that. Well, for a child who's come from trauma, that what looked like a spark would be like a flood. So where you might have thought you were just going to get a tap on that gas pedal, that tap actually ends up being a flood to that system. And so the, there, yeah, the, you know, so the answer is yes, it is typical child behavior. And yes, it is trauma related because the reaction of the child uh, to whatever has got them upset, the reaction may feel like it's on steroids. So it may feel extremely amped up. It may feel very over the top. And that's the significant difference for kids who come from traumatic backgrounds uh, because again, we're just, you know, we're talking, we always come back to those very basics in the brain. We're talking about how the brain develops, how the brain stem develops in the midst of trauma, the subconscious files, trauma barriers, and the fact that there's not, um, an, like that the, the, the oxytocin release mechanism, the release is not as fluid, is not as available for kids when those elements of soothing and comforting weren't present during their infancy and early life. So the question again, is this a typical teen behavior or is this a trauma behavior? And again, the answer is it's both. So when you feel those reactions that are coming out of that space where it's like on steroids, um, it's it's directly related to trauma. It's directly related to what would be a spark of cortisol actually being an absolute blood in the brain. And in that moment, in that moment, they literally feel like their life is in danger, like they are going to die. What we do in the world of trauma-informed work and working at the brain level to help create more soothing over time is imperative. Um, and I find it interesting because in the moment, you know, Brian's done some excellent videos over the last few days about in the moment, in the moment, matching emotion, in the moment, really getting into emotion. What I find is in the moment, uh, if we have the ability as parents and caregivers, if we can just, you know, our lid's going to be flipped too. Our amygdala is going to be hijacked too. We're going to be terrified, feeling like our life is in immediate danger too. And in that space, the first thing we all do is we hold our breath. That is our first, one of our first stress reactions as human beings. And if we can just get that one breath, and then maybe that next breath, and then maybe that next breath, we might be able to do some of the things that Brian's teaching us in terms of being thoughtful and mindful and thoughtfully matching emotion and thoughtfully inviting them into their feelings. But the reality is, the moment, we are just as freaking stressed out and scared as our kids are, and we are just as likely to drop into our own pre-birth and early life experiences as our kids are. So I just want to extend a lot of grace whole lot of grace to everybody, a whole lot of grace and a whole lot of permission to trust and believe that you have your whole life together to work this out. And when you lose your cool with your child 
or you misunderstand their their level of reactivity, when you miss an opportunity for soothing, that there's always the opportunity to come back, to rework it, a take two, to an apology. Sorry I didn't realize how upset you were. I'm sorry I wasn't able to, to keep you safe. I'm sorry you were hurt so bad when you were little. Whatever the I'm sorry is, it's amazing how when we connect, even after the fact, at the heart level, how much can come from that. Just that, you know, just a deeper, deeper understanding and a deeper, like, um, treating them, maybe even treating them the way we would like to be treated if we were feeling that level of hurt. So often we assign negative intentions to our kids, but... You know, they're just kids and helping to understand that they're doing the best that they can in any given moment. And we're here with them, trying to help them through it, trying to guide them through those minefields as best that we can. But, you know, we're just human too. And the other thing I, that I find that is so awesome about when we start to really understand how the brain functions, that the soothing, it, our work isn't always in the moment. I mean, there's that work, and that's awesome. And if you can do that, that's fabulous. But there's also the benefit, the benefits of staying in relationship, providing that connection, knowing what's soothing to your child, if it's a back rub, if it's a foot rub, if it's certain smells, if it's certain tastes, what well, every avenue, every avenue as a trigger, every sensory pathway that is a trigger is also a potential avenue for soothing. So it's so important that we know what those pathways are for our children, what their preferred avenue for soothing is. You know, I always think of touch because that's mine. That's one of my favorite pathways for soothing and comfort. And the fact that our skin is the largest organ that we have and it's so receptive to touch and comfort. But, you know, it may not be everybody's. You know, that may not be your child's pathway of soothing. may not be your pathway of soothing. So you have to understand and find out what that is. And then make an intentional effort to take everything that you're upset about, everything that you're worried about, Everything that you're stressed about, take all of that yuck, all that craziness, all that emotion and all those jumbled up thoughts and just put them in a box and put the lid on that box and set it aside for 10 minutes a day. And for 10 minutes a day, just go sit with your child and let your love and your adoration for them emit from you. Let it shine from your eyes. This isn't about teaching, this isn't about coaching, it doesn't about doing anything. Just sitting with them in their space. If there's a soothing avenue that you know, then, you know, meet them in that soothing place. And the love that you pour in just during that 10 minutes, that non-judgmental, everything is put aside. And we're just right back to the reason we're here together. And that's to love one another. And I'm going to love you as a parent. I'm going to just love you. I'm going to understand you. I'm just going to fill my heart with appreciating the funny little quirks about you. And I'm going to let that just emit from me. And just that one activity can help create more oxytocin in the brain. And over time, that can help 
it's the intensity and the frequency of those hyper-distressed behaviors because it's all coming from that reaction. So the work that you do away from the situation can help in the other place. So it's like you work over here and you see the results over here. It's kind of like the, the magic of the oxytocin release mechanism and the magic of love. And so um, I just wanted to come at you with that little that little tidbit. You know, Brian's got some great tips for in the moment, but we don't always catch the moment. Sometimes we're just as reactive as our kids are. We're just as hijacked as they are. But outside of those moments, that loving connection can really create drastic changes. So, um, people who said hello. Hey, Rose. It's good to see you. I'm thinking about you. Um, my heart's with you. Um, lots and lots of love coming your way. Amy, I love you. Love your daughter. My thoughts are with you guys too. Mimi, I love you as always. Good to see you. Mickey, nice to see you too. I don't always get to say hi to everybody on the videos. And Joni, um, nice to see you as well. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Thanks for following our Facebook post. Thanks for following our Daily Dose. But mostly, um, thank you for all that you do day in and day out to create healing in the lives of children. Much love to you guys. Take care. Join us live on weekdays at 6.30 Central Time on Facebook at the Post Institute. Don't forget to get your copy of Brian's best-selling book, From Fear to Love, on promotion. Just pay shipping and handling at www.feartolovebook.com. That's www.feartolovebook.com.